This summer, we're doing a series on troubling passages in Scripture. And so before I read today's Scripture passage, I want to invite us all as we listen or read along to think about not just what we're reading the words, but what the words evoke in our hearts, what feelings are evoked, what questions might come up. Because every time we read God's word, we bring our whole selves. And so I invite you to to stand as able in body and in spirit for today's scripture reading from Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 through 39. Jesus is teaching his disciples, and after basically a discourse of do not be afraid, do not be afraid, do not be afraid, Jesus says in verse 34, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. So we're doing this series on troubling passages in Scripture. And when I first looked at the various passages that we're looking at, and no, they're not all of the troubling passages in Scripture, because we could probably spend a year on those. I kept thinking I wanted to get my rain boots on. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes when I am reading Scripture, I sometimes feel like I'm stuck in the mud. Or sometimes I I feel like we can get a little messy. Sometimes I really feel like I need some rain boots or protection. God's word is alive. It's not just something we read. It's something we live. It's, It's moving and breathing. God's word is this unfolding story throughout eternity that that we get to be invited to step into. And if we're honest, parts of Scripture can be troubling and parts of Scripture can make us feel stuck because what do we do with some of these passages in Scripture? Two weeks ago, we looked at the story of Abraham being called to sacrifice Isaac. Of course, it it doesn't happen, but we still struggled with why is this in God's holy word? And then last week, we dealt with the book of Job and the very painful issue of human suffering. Preparing for that sermon, I ate a lot of cookie dough. I mean, a lot of cookie dough. 
I drank a lot of coffee and I uh, wore what I call comfort shirts, t-shirts that friends have given me over the years. So when I wear them, it feels like a hug. Because when we bring our whole selves to God's word, sometimes we need those elements of comfort. Sometimes we need to bring friends with us to talk. Today, we get to a passage of Jesus' teaching. And if we're honest, and I still have some unease with some of it. I read lots of different commentaries. <laughs> prayed through it a lot. Still don't know what to fully make of it. That's okay. I, I said at 8.30, Jewish interpreters have always taught we come to Scripture to begin a conversation. Scripture begins our conversation with one another and with God. It's okay never to have all the answers. We come to begin the conversation. And it actually, as we begin this conversation with one another, it forms us into community, into God's people, as we have conversations. So today, let's talk about what Jesus is, is teaching in this discourse about what it means to be a disciple. What it means to actually follow Jesus. And he says, well, we're actually going to deal with this last. I come not to bring peace, but a sword. Basically, I come to turn family member against family member. And I come calling you to pick up your cross and, and follow me. Now, as I, last week, as I was kept coming back to this passage and Jesus saying, I come basically to turn family member against family member and I'm someone, I love my family. And I kept looking at pictures of my family last week and thinking, where would I be without them? Now, let, let me say this. Jesus is not against the family. But there are two things I do want us to, to, to realize in this teaching. One is that sometimes following Jesus is going to put us against one of our family members. The question is, what will we do? And for some people in this world, they are disowned by their family when they choose to follow Jesus. That is a very real thing for some believers in the world, is that they have to choose between being a Christian and keeping their family. That's hard when I think about that. If I was in the same place. 
that sometimes that there are some people who have to make that decision, but also realizing that throughout our lives, we may be in a position where ourselves and a family member may be on different pages. And what does it look like for us to still choose faithfulness as best we can? And to still also love them as best we can when we are at odds. But also, when I kept thinking about this passage, I worked at annual conference last week, and for those who know what annual conference is, it's when all of the, the pastors and the churches gather this year was virtually to do the business of the United Methodist churches in the state. And I realized so much. I'm 33. I've spent 28 years of my life at annual conference. I was the little kid who would sometimes go up on the stage during business because I wanted to say hey to one of my pastor friends. I was the redhead that people just grew up. And I realized I'm not just a Christian, I'm not just a pastor because of my parents and all the, the churches I was raised in. I'm a pastor because of all those people. That also when I read this passage, I'm reminded that we have to look beyond just our blood family to our larger family in Christ. There is a reason that we as United Methodists baptize children before they can profess faith for themselves, and it's because all of us, all of us commit to raising each and every child in the faith. And when, it, when I was a youth director, I would have some youth who's, I had a couple of youth whose dad was from the Middle East and, and his decision was, you know what, you can go to church if that's where you wanna go. At 18, that's when you choose what faith. And they chose to be baptized at 18. And their father was there. But some, for some people, choosing, choosing the faith is choosing a new family. Their father was always supportive of them making their decisions, but Shireen and Masud and Therdus they were raised by the church family and the faith. And they are very active Christians and faithful people because of the church, not necessarily because of their dad. We are also called to one another to look beyond just blood, but to look to one another, to claim one another, to, to be in prayer for one another and to support one another as believers. So Jesus talks about family. Jesus also talks about taking up our cross and following. And we as Christians, we wear cross necklaces and, and we see the cross and we see hope and forgiveness and life not what was heard when Jesus called
called disciples to take up their cross and follow. And we need to remember what it means to take up our cross and follow. It's not just about wearing a cross or saying we're a Christian. The disciples, the, the disciples were terrified by the cross because the cross was used to strike fear into every person to make them behave as Rome wanted them to. When Jesus called them to take up their cross, Jesus called them to do what God has called them to do. Without care for safety, without care for the, the shame and the humiliation and the suffering that would come. That taking up our cross requires, requires at some point in our life laying down something or taking up something and it will not be easy or comfortable. It will call us to make a decision between faithfulness and comfort. Every time I share this story, Thais isn't here. Um, but such a part, a very important part of who I am and how my especially my dad and my parents have raised me and my brothers, is because of Thais Tenori's dad, or Thais Walden. Thais's dad, Elton Brown, was my dad's pastor growing up at West Park United Methodist Church in West Jackson, Mississippi, during the Civil Rights Movement. And Elton Brown, and Rayford wanted to, but he couldn't get with them to sign the letter, but a group of United Methodist, white United Methodist pastors decided that they wanted to do something. And so they signed a letter calling for racial rights and racial reconciliation, knowing that it would cost them. I think only maybe two or three of the signers this letter were able to remain in the state of Mississippi because they couldn't find a church to take them or else they had to find another profession. Elton signed this and had a burning cross placed in his front yard when he was a father and a husband. You go and you um, tour the Civil Rights Museum in Jackson and you see I'm very proud that there are multiple United Methodist pastors who are named. People who took up a cross, knowing that it would cost them something, but knowing that following Jesus was more important than what it might cost them. 
Elton had an incredibly important influence on my dad's life as he chose to go to Provine High School instead of one of the private schools. As the schools were uh, forced to integrate and it's played a role in my siblings in my life. This was always for my parents, a hill we will die on, a cross we will always take up. To love God and to love neighbor. All of us will face calls. Sometimes it's just about being kind. And I said this at 8.30, I remember being in middle school or high school, and sometimes, and they talked about it with the kids, sometimes the hardest thing you can do is being kind or standing up when someone's being bullied in school. Sometimes the most powerful thing that we can do when we take up our cross is to be kind to people, even when we disagree with them, but to be kind, to be loving to say, this is how I will represent my Savior. So as Jesus talked about what it means to be a disciple, about family, about picking God before even those that we love, but making God the first thing that defines us, that dictates who we are. That being a disciple means taking up a cross and following even though it will cost us something at some point in our lives. That it's required. Jesus said, I come not to bring peace, but a sword. I don't like that. It makes me uncomfortable because when I, when I read scripture, when I think about God and God's kingdom, I think about wholeness and I think about peace and grace and love. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he wrote in a letter um, as he was actively choosing to, as a German Christian, to, to fight Hitler and the Nazis, um, even though it would cost him his life. He wrote at one point, the peace of Jesus Christ is the cross. The cross is God's sword on this earth. It creates division. The sword that Jesus comes to bring is the question of will we just call ourselves Christian or will we live as a Christian? Will we choose faithfulness? Even when it means discomfort even when it means unease, even when it means standing against someone we love, but not in a hateful way.
but standing on what we feel is right, what we feel God is calling us to. Jesus came not to bring peace, but a sword. To call us not to just give lip service, but to be faithful. To call us to choose God first and foremost before those we love. And to take up a cross and to follow. May we encourage one another and pray for one another to live faithfully, no matter what it may cost us. Let us pray.